0: Hope is here because hope is in Jesus Christ and Jesus is alive and this morning we have the opportunity to to engage with his word we have opportunity to read and understand his word and to see what God is saying to his believers and to his church and so this morning let's uh, Let's, open, let's, uh, let's pray before we open the word. Well, this morning, uh, we're going to be in continuing in the letter of 1 Peter. And pop quiz. Anybody remember my little uh, how to get to 1 Peter near the end of the Bible? Any, any takers? He, Japete. All right. He's a Pete, JJ Rev. We haven't done that in a few weeks. But he's a Pete. He, okay, Amy, he, J.J. Ja, Rev. Okay, it's not, it's not so important, as long as you know where First Peter is, all right. My method, uh, you can use whatever method you want. All right, so he, J.J. Ja, Rev. It, it's near the end of the Bible. We're looking for 1 Peter. And 1 Peter was written as a letter from Peter, the same Peter that walked with Jesus. In fact, walked on water with Jesus. The same Peter that denied Jesus when, the, when they asked, who is this guy that's on trial? Who is, uh, and are you, are you a follower of his? No, I don't know who he is. I don't even know who he is. He kept denying him. This is also the same Peter that Jesus restored. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Lead the people. Teach them about me. And Jesus said that he, you know, do you love me? Do we love Jesus? Last week we looked at being, looking at this idea that Jesus is precious. Jesus is chosen. Do we look at Jesus as precious and chosen? Jesus sees us as precious and chosen. And, and, And the Father sees Jesus as chosen and precious. Chosen and precious. And so last week as we saw this, we saw that if your view of Jesus is precious, your life is going to reflect Him. If you see Jesus as precious and valuable, then your life is going to show that. Your life is going to be centered around Jesus. And that's our hope and prayer for each of us, is that our life isn't just that we know about Jesus, but that our life is given to Jesus. That Jesus is our Lord and our Savior, and we can pray, just like in this last song, that, we re- that our joy will be restored in the joy of our salvation, that Jesus would give us that joy. And, and so today, we're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to finish the last part of chapter 2 today. So I encourage you to open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2. And in 1 Peter chapter 2, we saw last week the, about the living stone who... It's chosen and precious how Jesus is was considered the living stone, the the cornerstone, the one that we, we put our trust in, the one that we put our life in, um, and what he's our foundation, the one that guides us as a church. All right, and we we stopped last week in this verse from verse twelve. Um, 1 Peter two, verse twelve. Last week, it's, and then we read this, it says, live such good lives that among pagans, that even though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits. So that's, that's kind of the goal of this, even this passage right here, as we're going into First Peter two thirteen to 25, that Peter wants us as Christians. He wants us, well, he wants all believers, wherever, whoever's reading this, if you have not chosen to trust Jesus, this isn't for you. This is for people that trust Jesus with their life. Now, my prayer is that each of us are putting our trust and faith in Christ alone. But he's writing this to the believers. And today we are, we're going to see that we are called to endure. And endure doesn't sound like a very fun word. Usually we don't want to have to endure something because that means that we have to, it takes a while to get through it or it's going to take too long. We, it, it implies... It's not going to be very fun. There might be some pain involved. But Peter is saying that we are called to endure. And we're going to see this here in verse 13 and beyond. He says, Submit yourselves to the Lord, for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as, as the supreme authority or to the gover- governors who are sent to. By him to punish those who do wrong and to to commend those who do right. Verse 15: For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for the evil. Live as God's slaves, show proper respect to everyone love the family of believers, fear God, and honor the emperor. Now, in in these verses here, Peter is is talking, remember, he's talking to Christians. And he's saying something that a lot of Christians don't want to hear. Well, if we live in the kingdom of God, then why should we have to submit to human authority? Especially in, in, in the context of 1 Peter, uh, the, the Christians are being persecuted. The Christians are suffering. And, and who's, who's doing the, the persecution? It's, it's really the, the emperor and on down are doing the persecution. And so it, it's pro- when people then were reading this letter for the first time, hearing this letter for the first time, they were probably thinking, what? Why? The emperor is evil the emperor is against jesus he's telling people to be killed he's he's having people be killed he's having people in persecution because of christ and so peter's writing this peter's writing this as the word of god that we need as believers we need to put not put our hope and our trust in any government in any authority other than christ alone But he's saying we need to honor and we need to respect. We need to submit, it says. And and why? It says, submit yourself for the Lord's sake. What do you think that means? The Lord's sake. We need to submit ourselves to to not just good people, not just good authority, but even to authority that's doing what's wrong. Now, of course, we're not he's not saying do what's wrong he's saying submit to them honor them he's saying that we should be living in a way that even though when people see how we're living even if they they see that they disagree with us it's just like the back to verse 13 or verse 12 that we're living in a way that people are going to say wow their hope isn't in this government. Their hope isn't in this country. Their hope isn't in all the earthly things that we try to get. Their hope is in something else. What is that? And they, and they end up, in the end, glorifying God. They end up glorifying Jesus. And so Peter is saying, and in verse 17, it's kind of like the summary. He's saying, show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. He's, make sure, I mean, in the last chapter, he's talking about love each other deeply. And in the body of Christ, there should have no fighting. There should have no, yeah, we, we're going to have some arguments, we're going to have some disagreements, but we need to love each other deeply, and love covers a multitude of sins, right? We need to forgive and bear with each other. And so today, as we, as we look at this, and he's saying, Love each other. He's saying, fear God. Show respect and honor to God. and then, But then he says again, to honor the emperor. So our first point today, as we look at this passage, is believers, remember, believers in Christ. So it's not everyone, but be- hopefully if you've accepted Jesus, believers are called to endure. Believers are called to endure while submitting to authorities. That doesn't sound like a very nice thing we need to do. Submit. Submitting is a hard thing, right? Especially submitting to authorities that we don't agree with. But that's why we are called to endure. We're called not just to do whatever we want, we're called to do it for the Lord's sake, it says in verse 13. Submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every human authority. And this idea of this human authority, it's really like, in the, in the Greek it's talking about this institution. Submit yourself to, to every institution. Every, uh, and really in the context it's talking about into the king or the emperor. Whoever's the most in charge of humans. That's what we're submitting to. But ultimately, our ultimate authority is not humans. If we believe in Jesus and we trust Jesus, our ultimate authority is not humans. In fact, when Paul was writing in, in Ephesians, the letter of Ephesians, he says that it, right before talking about how we need to put on the full armor of God, he says, For our battle is not against flesh and blood, our battle is not against people. He's, talking, he's saying our battle is with forces that are not people. Forces that are spiritual forces. And thankfully, and you can read more about that in Ephesians 6, and we, we really we need to be praying Ephesians 6 over us all the time, right? Because there is a spiritual battle. And thankfully, we're not left on our own. We have Jesus. Right, And at the name of Jesus, every evil bow. At the name of Jesus, demons and any forces that are not good, evil, goes away because they know the victory is in Jesus. And so even though we have to submit to human authorities, our ultimate submission is to Jesus. And everyone's ultimate authority is to Jesus. Including those that are not flesh and blood. I want to show you a clip from Kyle Eidelman right, from Right Now Media. We're kind of going through this First Peter letter and there's a, there's a really nice uh, video guide that you, can read, that you can watch. And each of these are about 10 minutes long and they're, they're covering the different sections of First Peter. So I encourage you to, to get on Right Now Media. If you don't know what Right Now Media is, uh, ask me or ask one of the uh, leaders here and we can get you set up. Um, but there's all kinds of good material on there. So if we could watch this a couple minute video.
1: What if instead of being loud and angry, we were known for our love and our kindness? What if we showed radical acts of generosity? What if we were known for those things? Peter is saying look, the most effective way to approach and engage our culture is to live your life in such a way that the prejudices of these people don't hold up and that eventually they'll be won over by your actions. And this is huge for us to understand, right? As the world becomes increasingly hostile, the church must become increasingly holy. And part of holiness, according to Peter, is submitting to governing authorities. To be clear, our submission to the ruling authorities doesn't mean that there's this blind faith. It doesn't mean that we just surrender to them no matter what, there may be a time where we shouldn't comply. We should never follow earthly powers when they're in conflict with what God has said in His Word. We should always prioritize our obedience to God over obedience to our country. Our first allegiance is to God's Word, not to the government. And and so sometimes obedience to God's will may mean disobedience to civil authorities. And Peter leaves room for this. In fact, he sets an example for us. In Acts chapter 5, we learn that Peter and some of the other disciples were being persecuted before the ruling authorities in Jerusalem. And Peter defends himself for preaching the resurrection of Jesus, and he pleads with the Sanhedrin to let them preach the gospel. But I love what Peter and his cohort say to the Jewish leaders in verse 29 of Acts 5, we must obey God rather than human beings. I mean, there you have it. Peter, who previously defended himself saying we must obey God rather than human beings, is now telling these Christians to obey their ruling authorities. So has he changed his tune? Is there some discrepancy here? Uh, Is the Bible contradicting itself? No, really not at all. Peter is using judgment. He's applying biblical wisdom that, yes, we should follow the ruling authorities in our life unless their plans and their policies cause us to violate what God has told us to do.
0: So there, uh, Kyle Edelman is a pastor in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, uh, on this teaching. He's telling us that we, looking at 1 Peter 2 here, he's, he's saying that we need to submit to human authorities unless they contradict what God is telling us. Just like what Peter said in Acts. Sorry, God says we need to do this so we can't obey you, right? And so we need to be submitting to human authorities. He says that while this world is in, becomes increasingly hostile, the church must become increasingly holy. And, and Peter was talking about holiness in, in, so far in this letter, that we need to be holy. And that part of being holy as a church is honoring God and what Peter says here also honoring God human authorities. And so that that's a hard thing but that's that's our calling to endure. So then Peter continues in verse 17 sorry in verse 18 he says slaves in relevant fear of God submit yourselves to your masters. Not only to those who are good and considerate but to those who are harsh? Pause. I, I got to pause here. This is this is hard. Okay, he's saying slaves don't just. It, so he's saying, kind of in the same way, we need to be submitting, not just the human authorities, but slaves. You have to submit to your masters. Now, none of us here, in our, thankfully in our country and many countries, there's no slavery. There there is still a kind of a hidden slavery, human trafficking, and that is that is a big. Problem. We need to be praying for people to be rescued, healed from that. But slaves are supposed to to submit to authorities that are even choosing what's wrong. Now that that doesn't seem like that's what we're supposed to do. Why? Why is that the case? And so then Peter explains this because it, he explains why this is. He said in verse. 18, sorry, it's verse 19. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it, your, is it your credit if you receive a beating for doing something wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. So he explains this here. If you are doing something wrong and you get punished, you deserved it. I mean, he's not saying you deserved the harshness of it, but if you're doing something wrong and there's a consequence that's involved, that's on us, right? But he said, if we're doing nothing wrong and we're still being treated harshly, now this is hard. This is really hard. If we're being treated harshly, our witness is to show love to those who are being harsh to us. Maybe it's, I mean, for us, we're not slaves, but maybe it's in your work environment or a school environment. Maybe wherever you fall under submission of others, that we need to be seeking their good and their good the, the ultimate good that we can give someone else is salvation but it's not because we give salvation we point people to jesus who gives salvation and so when people see the hope that we have that we're not fighting back that we're not hurting that we're not just when someone insults us that we're not just going back and insulting them and we're not doing the things that they no when we do things that they don't expect that's when they start thinking why are they so different why do they live like this and so people and so peter is wanting us that whatever our circumstances is to endure for the sake of others and our second point today is that that believers are called to endure while suffering for doing good if you are doing good and being falsely accused you're doing good and you're being treated wrong. You're suffering. And Peter isn't saying, get them back, like the world says. Get them back. Don't let them do that to you. Fight them. Peter is saying, be praying for them. You're called to endure. Be thinking of, of them and, and their, how they're probably lost. How they probably don't know Jesus. So when you're suffering for doing good, it's our witness to others. It's our witness to show people Jesus. If you look back through history of the church, specifically times when people were being burnt at the stake, times when people were being killed for their faith, and this is still happening today in in different places of the world, But when people are being killed for their faith, many times there's someone that sees this action, this terrible action, and they see that this person that's being killed has their hope and trust fully in Jesus. They know where they're going. Even though they are suffering immensely, that they have their hope in Jesus and they love. Like when when Jesus was dying on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And Stephen said the same thing when he was being stoned. They're, people are dying, and, and the, what we want as believers, we want others to know Jesus. Is that your heart? Is that what you want? When you're in a hard situation, That the ultimate best thing that can happen is that someone else comes to Jesus. We're called to endure while suffering for doing good. So our actions are going to speak louder than words. They they know that our hope is in Jesus, and we can tell them about it. But when we are suffering for doing good, that's when people really see that what we believe. You know, later on this video of Kyle Edelman, he said the very situation that seems to be in opposition in your life, has the potential to become a kingdom opportunity. So the very thing that's, that's making your life miserable, the very person probably that's making your life miserable, even if it's just they're picking, picking at you, they're making fun of you, whatever. They're, whatever the case is, it's an opportunity. Do we see this as an opportunity? Do we see it as an opportunity to show people Jesus? So believers are called to endure while while submitting to authority, but then also while suffering for doing good. And then what Peter does in the last part of this chapter, verses 21 and beyond, he points people to Jesus. So let's see this. 1 Peter 2, verse 21. To this you were called. So all these things we were suffering for doing good. Submitting to authorities, like having having the attitude of Jesus. We were called, he says in verse 21, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. And then it brings in Peter brings in some verses from Isaiah here 53, and he says, it's, Now Isaiah isn't writing about Jesus, but he was because he's foretelling. But here, Peter is bringing in God's word again, and he says, He, and this is referring, this now is referring to Jesus. He committed no sin, and there was no deceit found in his mouth. Jesus was, was not sinning, even when everybody was against him, even when he had the power to stop what was happening to him. It says in verse 23, When they hurled their insults at Him, He did not retaliate. When He suffered, He made no threats. Instead, He entrusted Himself to Him who judges justly. Who's that? Who is the just judge? It's the Father. God. So Jesus entrusted Himself, instead of taking revenge, instead of getting, making, making it right, getting even with someone, He does something different. He takes it and entrusts that the righteous judge, the just judge, will handle it. It says in verse 24, He bore our sins. In his body on the cross, and that we might die to sins and live forever, or live for in righteousness. It says again in Isaiah 53 that by his wounds you have been healed. For you were like the sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So here, Peter is wanting believers. To submit to authorities he wants believers to submit to those that those masters that are doing what's wrong and then what he does is he 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 shows this picture that you a lot of times we think man i shouldn't have to do this that's wrong they're doing bad stuff to me or the government's doing this or that i shouldn't have to do this or that no what peter is saying is look at jesus look at jesus he suffered he could have done anything to stop what was happening to him but he endured it he didn't just endure it he entrusted the injustice to god he said he he trusted god is going to handle this it's not up to me to handle this this is our example our example and peter wants us to follow jesus Our third point today is that believers are called to endure while following Christ's example. So there's that we are we called to endure while we're looking at the example of Jesus, the example of Jesus who was falsely accused, who was beaten, who was stripped down, and he had to carry his cross in shame to the top of a, of a hill. And they made fun of Him. And then they, they, put, they put nails in Him and nailed Him to this cross. And they still mocked Him and made fun of Him. And, and all this time, Jesus is not repaying. He's not trying to get even. He's not saying oh, you guys watch this, I'm I'm about to rise from the dead. No. He took it. He took the pain. He took the suffering. He endured what was given to him. And this is the example that Peter wants us to look at. If we are Christians, if we are Christ followers, then we are supposed to live like Jesus, with His Spirit. His Spirit is going to lead us how we can endure. How we can show people the hope that we have. So even if we're in a hard situation, not wanting to do what the government says, not wanting to do what our authority says, not wanting to do... Unless it's contradicting what Jesus says, we're supposed to obey. We're supposed to honor. We're supposed to respect. If we have some kind of employment or or works, whatever situation we're in, and, and it's not going well because of the criticism we're receiving, because of, of the meanness of someone. We're supposed to endure that and keep doing good and keep praying for those people that are lost. I, I believe that's what Jesus was doing when, when he was being mocked when he was being beaten and all these things that were happening to him and he's looking at them, looking at these people with love. Do we look at people with love? Even the people that are against us. And I hope that we're not in a situation that we're being killed for our faith. But what if you were? What if I was? Being killed, being persecuted so badly because of my faith. Would I look at those people with love in my eyes and, and be praying that they would just receive Jesus? That's our example. Today our main idea is that entrusting injustices, not to the world, not to human authorities, when we entrust our injustices to the Lord, it points people to Jesus. Entrusting our injustices shows people. Entrusting our injustices to the Lord. Whatever the case is, we're saying it's not my battle. I trust God. Just like what Jesus did here. When they he didn't retaliate and he, he suffered when he suffered, he made no threats. And instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Are we entrusting whatever happens to us to the Lord, the just judge? And if you read through Psalms, you're going you're to think, hey, but a lot of times the psalmist was saying, God, repay those people for all the bad things they do. But part of what we are to do our calling is is that we are to entrust whatever's happening and we take that attitude of submission that attitude of of love the attitude of being humble so that we can point people to Jesus so we entrust injustices to Jesus and that points people to Jesus. Submission is our witness because we're following Jesus' example and we're entrusting injustice justice to the Lord. So we can submit, not because someone else deserves that authority, but because we can choose to come under their authority, come under what what god is calling us to do he's calling us to endure and this this last part in verse 25 peter says that you were like sheep going astray keep in mind each of us at some point in our life did not trust jesus we were going astray doing what we wanted to do thinking what we thought was best living the life we wanted to live but now you have returned but now you've returned because of the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ you've returned and so he's saying this as believers we return to the good shepherd we returned And it it might not be that because we returned. It probably isn't because we returned. It's because Jesus left the 99 to go find the one lost sheep. Jesus went looking for us. I remember how Peter, the last conversation he had with, one of the last conversations he had with Jesus, face to face, when Jesus restored Peter, Peter, He said, feed my flock. Peter, do you love me? Yes, then feed my sheep. And now Peter, I think think he's living by that. He's wanting believers to trust Jesus. He's wanting believers to come back to the Good Shepherd, the overseer of our souls. He wants us to believe Not just believe in our heads, but live it out, who Jesus is, and trust Him, even when we are in pain, even when we are in suffering, whatever the case is, that we would endure and point people to Jesus. So before we go, and I know there's a lot of things going on today, I hope you guys can stay for the meal this afternoon, or lunch. There's a lot of things that we, a lot of time, we just kind of forget what's happening, We just go on to the next thing. I just want you you to to take a few moments and think. Pray. How, Lord, do you want us to respond? And we can answer this question. Just take a moment. I invite you to think and pray about this. What injustices do I need to entrust to the Lord? So take a moment. Thank you, Jesus, for your example. For when you suffered and you faced injustice, you did not retaliate. You did not get try to get even or or be mean or say anything that was wrong. Lord, we pray that we would, as believers, trust You, entrust injustices to You that we would not be seeking revenge or retaliation, but that we would look at people with love and have a heart for all people to come to know You, Jesus. So I pray, God, that You would give us what we need to endure, that we would be people that would show honor and respect to everyone that we be known for the love that we have in you and for each other. Lord, we thank you that you are good and for your salvation. And Lord, I pray for anyone that that doesn't know you. Lord, that you would just seek them out. Leave the 99 and find them, Jesus. Find that lost sheep, we pray. That we would come to know you, Jesus. We, you would restore to us the joy of Your salvation. We would trust You alone. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.